Well, good morning and welcome to the Heights and uh, Super Sunday, right? You probably think I'm saying that because of a football game, but no, it's, it's super because my wife is with me today. Husband up. points. I think I should uh, call the little children up for. Yeah, yeah, usually when you're up here, we're calling little children up. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It is Super Sunday. I, I, I guess for some that might be because of a football game. Do Do we have anybody here tonight that's just hoping the evil empire falls? That's all you care about the game. Handful of yes, just don't care. Just want to see the empire. Fall. Of course, I'm I'm wondering here in Redskin Land, is, is it okay to, to to root for the Eagles? I mean, can, can we root for Philadelphia? I don't know, here in, in Redskin land. But, uh, you know, I was, it was interesting. I was reading I get how big the Super Bowl is. Unlike uh, the NBA Finals or the World Series, the, the Super Bowl tends to not be affected by who's playing. The, the, the ratings will stay just as high, whereas with baseball and basketball, it'll kind of go up and down based on who's who's playing but uh big big event tonight uh but even bigger than that is uh this morning and my wife Karen is here with me today and next week as we're kind of wrapping up the uh the series that we have done on marriage and we've approached marriage with how do we use dating how do we use a date to encourage to work on to build in our, in our marriages. And the idea was kind of simple. You know, how can we work on our marriage when we're not fighting? <laughs> how can we work on an issue when there is no issue? And, and the idea being, I, I, I guess, normally we, when we go on a date, we're in a pretty good mood, right? Mostly. I won't ask how many of you have ever had a fight while you're on a date because we don't want to raise our hands for that. I know it's happened. Um, but uh, so we have been looking at these dates. And so the, the first date we looked at was, was building our story. And uh, if you remember back to then, I gave you a, a series of questions that just helps you remember the good about each other and the good about your marriage. And, you know, you look back that it might sound kind of cheesy, and yet in the reality, that date is a very biblical discipline because something that we all do, not just in marriage, but in all areas of life, it's very easy for us to get locked in on the negative where, where we're hurt, where, where somebody's disappointing, where somebody's being negligent and we just begin to see everything through the negative. We have to actually choose to see things in, in a more positive light. And so that date was helping remember how we can look at our marriage, how we can look at our mate in a positive light. Then we looked in finances, somewhat the same thing. We, we all know there's plenty of places to argue about what we disagree in money, but creating uh, a conversation where we're operating out of what we agree on and, and how you get to those places that you agree on in finances. And then last week, we looked at, at fighting uh, and, and how looking at how we argue and fight actually has the possibility of creating us uh, in us an opportunity to be closer, uh, to come out of that discussion closer to each other. And it's as simple as taking ownership uh, of what we have done in an argument, not a specific one, but just in general, how we fight and argue. We all fight, we all argue, and we all do things at times that are wrong, that are, that are hurtful in what we say or do in that. So using that date to kind of take ownership uh, of some of those things just on ourselves and what we do. And so that brings us today to prayer. And, uh, you know, I, I have talked, I think, a good bit about prayer from the pulpit here over the years, e even the more recent 
years, and I usually talk a lot about my own personal prayer life. I kind of use that as the well from which I'm teaching. And I, I will use words. I, I would today. I did then. When I think of my personal prayer life, I, I would use words like strong, uh, healthy, consistent. Um, but when it comes to how I've led in prayer in my marriage or, or in my family, I'll be honest with you, I have a harder time using those same words to describe that. Uh, it, it's not that we didn't or I didn't pray w- a, as a family or as a couple. It's just as I look back, that would be probably a, a top place that I would think, I wish I'd have done more. I wish I would have done better. Uh, you know, Karen and I have been married 30 years now, and we were what, three years into the marriage when we started having kids, the first of our four, and now, now we've at the other end of that, we we're kind of coming through our first year of, of being uh, empty nesters, and so I'm, I'm kind of in that stage where I'm looking back and evaluating. So, you know, I, when I think of this, it's not, oh, because I'm working on a sermon uh, on prayer. No, I, I mean, I look back and I think, man, that's something I wish I'd done more and better. But, but my encouragement to myself and to you is d- don't get bogged down by discouragement. Keep plugging away at it. Keep, keep doing something. Find your prayer place in your marriage. F- find that place where you can pray as a family. You know, for, for us, it wasn't as much about the devotion that I was leading in each night or doing or, or what we were doing. It was, I, would, I used the word event. It seemed to be more event-oriented. It, for some reason, Karen, it, it always related to the car. You know, we, when, we, when we went on vacation, man, we, we prayed about the coming week and safety and what God was going to do on that. We, we, for many years now... The last eight, nine, ten years, this has not been as true because I, I come to church before, before everybody in the family. But um, for many years, every time we got in the car to come to church on Sunday, uh, we prayed that whole way. And we're praying about what God would do in our lives and how he would use us while we were at church and what was going to happen at church. And so that came, it became a kind of a constant place of prayer. And then whenever we were going to one of the kids' events, you know, it might be a test or a game or competition of some sort, we, we, we'd pray. We'd pray on the way. They would do good. We'd have fun. We'd serve others in that thing and and did this for so for so long and so much that the kids kind of you know they kind of were trained to think hey before you do anything we've got to have prayer and I remember one time uh as they were actually a little bit older and uh I had to get to this event separate from the family and I got there and it was just about to happen and and uh, one of my children walked up to me and said hey this is about to happen we need to pray and and they just bowed their head right there and I'm looking around going not here man people are watching Oh, wait a minute, that's not what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> you, you know, but you, you, you keep plugging away at sometimes what you might consider little things or inconsistent things or things that could have been better, but you keep plugging away and there is a fruit. There, there, there is a product that, that comes from that. Karen, when you look back over our marriage and, and our family, what, what comes to your mind when you think of prayer? Well, um, I think of... Um throughout these years, that individual prayer time was key. That was really key, um, is key to everything in life. When I was at Texas A&M and I was going to Campus Crusade for Christ, the leader's wife was speaking to us, and she said, 
the most important thing I can do for my marriage is to have my quiet time, to have my own prayer time. And I was a new Christian at that time, and I thought, I want to do that. I want to start doing that. So every day I started um, having a prayer time where I'd read my Bible and say my prayers. And, um, and it was in that time that the Lord began to build me up in Him, and I would know His love. I would know His wisdom. I would know His grace. I would know um, His power to help me through each day. And um, when we had children, that quiet time was, um, it, it went very um, small. It, it was like a minute or two. And I was like, dear Lord, help me to live for you this day. This day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Go! <laughs> and I would go and nurse or feed the kids. And it was hard, but the Lord kept reminding me, that's okay, it's all right. I kept plugging away even when I could have really good ones or real small ones. And um, so over the years, that prayer time, that individual prayer time for me in um, our, our family life is just key. It's key to everything as a believer is to have that quiet time and to stay and remain in his power. And when I was having that quiet time, you know, I was able to say my thank yous for my husband Thank you for him. Thank you for the gift of him. And, we want um, to do that every day. Yeah. Right. So Thank you, we, Thank you we for can, Randy. Yep. <laughs> so, but it, it just keeps my heart, you know, right before the Lord. And it wasn't a, I, you know, you can't complain and whine and everything because God hates complaining and whining. He wants us to keep a thank you heart. And I, I was practicing that, and it really was building our marriage. It was a time where I would pray for help. You know, in all these areas that Randy's talking about, um, in our budget, you know, Lord, help me to help me to make his salary be enough for us. And um, he would give me wisdom to um, areas where I could save money and deny myself and make it work in another way. And he helped me in that. Um, he helped me um, in my marriage, in my quiet time, when we had fights. And Rainy and I can really duke it out. I don't know if y'all can, but we can. And um, so I'd go to the Lord, and I would tell on him. And I'd, I'd say, Lord, you got to straighten this man out. And uh, that, that works both ways, just yeah, FYI. It does. It really does work both ways. Tell on me. But, I'm telling on you. But it was often that, you know, Rainy, you know, after we'd have our quiet times, you know, we always, he'd, he would come in and we'd hug each other and we'd talk and he'd say he's sorry or I would say what God revealed to me so very often during arguments, you do it too, you know, so um, show grace. God's grace and mercy toward me was able to overflow to Randy and we were able to work it out. And so that personal quiet time in a um, marriage as a single, um, just it is key to life in every area. As far as our family, I look back and somehow, because of God, uh, we had family devotionals that worked. It worked. It didn't always work. At first, you know, Rainy and I were, uh, <laughs> we were trying too hard. And we were getting our four little kids and we were trying to do this every night and trying to follow a book or, or devotionals, which are good, they're great, fine. It didn't work for us. And we ended up fighting during our devotion time. And Colin and Randy would misbehave. And I ended up slapping them down during devotion time. <laughs> We're going to pray. <laughs> We're trying to pray. But um, it, just, it was too much. And it was a point of frustration and exa exasperation. So 
what we did was simplify it, and it, it got really simple. And it, what worked for us as a family, and it was beautiful, was Sunday nights, coming together Sunday night and not doing the devotionals. That didn't work for the Han family. It might work for your family. But just simply asking question, what did you think of the sermon? The kids were, were, would always say, it was the best sermon we ever heard. No. <laughs> so, um, or what did you learn in Sunday school? And even when they're real little, like this little one over here, when they're real little, you can get their little color sheet and say, well, what did you learn about the fish in the net on this color sheet? And they could talk. And then, um, so we just kept it simple. What did you think about the sermon? What did you learn in life group? And... Um, and then the main thing we would ask one another is, what can we pray for you about this week? And it became a real open heart time. You don't get a lot of open heart times, you know, with kids, especially teenagers, right? And you're looking for those times. So on Sunday night, we got used to that. We just built and built and built as we simplified it. And they began to share, and they got used to sharing and wanted to share. And now we call each other on Sunday nights still, and they're all gone. They all live far away. And we say, what can we pray for you about? And it's a time where we can really um, encourage one another, build each other up, and depend on one another in the area of prayer. We need prayer. All of us need prayer. When someone says, I'm praying for you, it goes deep down to your soul and builds you up. And that's what you can do as a family and with the kids. And they pray for us and we pray for them. So, and, and now we're all far away. The kids are grown and gone. We don't hate the empty nest, do we? Uh, no. <laughs> no. We don't hate it. But we love them. We miss them. And, um, but when we come together, and those times are very precious, we'll go on vacation, and every night Randy will hand out a passage and say, why don't we do this? And, um, and the kids will be responsible for, for a passage, and they'll tell us what God has been um, talking to them through the passage. And they share, and I'm telling you, through the years, little as they're little um, to adults, Mary Beth, Amy, um, Colin, and Randy, all of them, they could share profound truths. From the mouth of babes, God speaks through our children. It's a very unbiased statement from a mom, how profoundly our kids are. Well, they're, they're so much more unaffected by the world, and they can just speak so clearly from their hearts. And so uh, it's just been a real blessing. That worked for us. I mean, it, it had to be simple for the Han family. But in that simpleness, in that um, continuation, it became um, just the most beautiful thing in our life. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of know, we kind of believe the, the power of prayer and, and what it can mean in our lives, what it can mean in our homes, and yet there's that struggle with doing it. And there's some of the, you know, the physical things, just the busyness of life and being tired and all that. But I, I think, un, unfortunately, a lot of times it's what's going on inside our own head. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I know how to pray right. I, I don't know if I sound right when I pray. Uh, you know, we're doing this so inconsistently. What difference could it be making? I mean, it's kind of weird. It, it, we haven't prayed in three months. So you know what we're telling ourselves? Well, it feels odd to bring it up. So we just keep not bringing it up, or, or I keep not bringing And so now we take the three months, and we add three, three more months, and there's, there's all this, and we're just completely missing uh, a simplicity of it and the power 
of what it can do in our homes, the power of what it can do in, in our marriage. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And there's a lot more strength than two than one, right? But, but then it introduces this idea, a threefold cord. It's talking about people walking together, but then all of a sudden, it, it, it kind of in this mystery, it says, no, there's this threefold cord that is not quickly broken. There, there is an incredible strength for living life, whatever's going on in life. There's an incredible strength when that threefold cord is, is God, the husband, and the wife. Now, how does that how does that happen? How's there's this husband and wife, and then the, the and then God gets weaved into that so that it's that threefold cord? Well, that's almost another message. You know, here here's the various things we can do in, in our marriage, whether it's worshiping or ministering or serving or studying. But you know, of all the things we do, probably the easiest is prayer. Now, I'm not saying prayer is easy. I'm saying the easiest in the sense that it's most easily accessible. I mean, I don't have to go anywhere. We, we don't have to wait for something. I mean, anytime, anywhere, that can become a part of, of what we do in our marriage. Uh, Acts one fourteen. all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. You know, th- this idea right here runs all the way through the New Testament. They, they prayed and they were one. They were together and they prayed. They prayed and there was unity. I mean, it's just this idea over and over and over. And, and these aren't marriage verses. This isn't, you know, about a couple right here. What it's talking about, though, is just the practical ramification of what happens in people's lives when it's two, it's three, it's a hundred. When people pray together, it just results in a closeness. It, it, it results in a, in a oneness. And that's exactly, of course, what we've been saying is, is the whole purpose of these dates. You know, that, that fellowship that the Lord speaks about so often in his word, 20 times in the New Testament, he says in 1 John, he says, walk in the light as I am the light and you will have fellowship with God and with one another. And I'm writing this so my joy can be made complete. There's that really complete joy that comes with that fellowship, that fellowship that comes between us and the Lord and us with each other. And we can have that in a marriage. We can have that bond that makes a real joy that's complete, that gives us a joy that's heavenly, that's only from the Lord. And that's what we can have in our marriage. But we have things that get in the way, and we, we so very much want to have all this, but we have interruptions that get in the way. And um, one of them's, you know, the TV. No, te- don't say that. The TV. Don't say that. So, <laughs> hey, I love TV. I love our shows. But, um, I mean, I like, I'm not supposed to say I love TV, but I like TV. <laughs> I like our shows. But, um, you know, it does. It does get in the way. And, you know, we let it get in the way. And we choose to have that be a priority. We have to choose to want that heavenly joyful fellowship with one another you know basically we do what we want to do and you got to really understand that God has a great joy for us in this marriage and so like we'll watch um the Super Bowl tonight and I fully believe I you know I always root for the underdog when I don't care who wins which would be the Eagles because it's gonna be hard to beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady so, but uh, just thought I'd throw that in for the guys out there. But, um, 
<laughs> so that's where I'd put my money on if I were a betting woman. But since I'm a preacher's wife, I'm not a betting woman, right? <laughs> so y'all need to laugh more. <laughs> I'm like throwing you some jokes and no one's laughing. <laughs> so, but um, they're, they're not funny. <laughs> so, but no. So, but things do interrupt. Things get in the way. So we have to take some steps to make it work. We have to, you know take some steps to make this, this prayer in our marriage work so that we can have that intimate fellowship with one another and with the Lord. So steps to help um, for prayer suggestions is to find that time, to find that time um, through all the interruption, to find a time that really works. You know, I would like to say Randy and I sit on the couch every night at a certain time and we say our prayers or we kneel by the couch together we don't do that because we can't find that time. It's really hard. But we do try to make that time happen. And it's a little bit more spontaneous. The most regular prayer time in our life is after we wash up, we get in bed, we're laying down. We have about 30 seconds before I conk out because I'm so tired. We grab each other's hand and we pray. Dear Lord, you know, thank you for this day. Please watch over the children. Please help and whatever's on our minds. Last night we were praying for the Wilbers, we're praying for the Osbournes, praying for our, we always pray for our church family um, and the things that you go through. But you have to find a regular time to pray. And albeit it's only a little bit, if we just keep plugging away at it um, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, 31 years, I mean, it becomes strong. That, that fellowship is becomes joy, great joy and intimacy. So you got it, you plug away, you keep working it. It reminds me somewhat of like Gorilla Glue. You know, at first it's setting, but as time goes by, it just, I mean, it, you are, you're together. And you're like this, and Satan's not going to get in and rip you apart. But that's what prayer gives to us. It really does. Um, you know, sometimes uh, when we walk together, we started walking when he had open heart surgery, and he needed to walk, so I started walking with him because I was afraid he wouldn't make it home. <laughs> and I would, it became a real prayer time for us. And um, so we started walking, and so sometimes, you know, stuff like that, you can pray together like that. Number two, in some prayer suggestions, when you are praying together, really listen to what your mate is saying. There's some real highs and lows in life. There's some real issues that we go through and might, you know, at work or, you know, just in life in general, just really listen so you can encourage them and build them up, show respect to them in that area, show love toward them. And um, it really does knit your heart together as you pray because you're really listening to them. It's never, as number three says, it's never a time of instruction. We're talking to God. You have to be sincere. It's not a time to instruct your mate or your kids or anybody. It never works. That does not work. If you start praying out of the motive of telling them how they, what they need to straighten up <laughs> or what, it doesn't work. So, and the kids, you know, I, I, I used to try it on the kids. <laughs> so don't do that. And then lastly, you know, you should hear as you um, pray, you should hear how much your mate loves you and loves the Lord. All these, all these things build together an intimacy, and a fellowship that God wants for you, that God 
um, has for you. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. It's all because of him that we can have this. And it is here for us. Yeah, so we, we're going to go on a date now. We're going to have this date and have this prayer date, which m- might be kind of frightening to some because uh, there are people in the room wholly devoted to never praying out loud. You know, I, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I, I'm just going to sound stupid. Well, there is a way to have a prayer date that, that is not necessarily the two of you going out and praying for two hours or, or even for two minutes. A big part of a prayer date can be sharing with each other what over the next week, the next month, you are going to pray about for each other by yourselves, not, not out loud. And so kind of like I've done in some of the, the past couple Sundays, I want to give you some questions that you would use to kind of share with each other. Uh, it, it might take you 10 minutes to share the questions and answers with each other. There might be other times it, it takes an hour uh, because of maybe what's going on in life. There might be times you just do this while you're driving to the movies or to dinner or whatever it is you're doing for a date. It might, might be just something you take a few moments in the car to share. But uh, these questions, uh, while they have kind of a spiritual focus and, and a prayer focus, you, you, I think you'll find they really help you just communicate you know, so much of communication just stays at total surfacey level. You know, who's picking up who, who's mailing this, who's going to get this, who's going there. And, and you want to have more in your marriage. Matter of fact, a lot of marriages say our number one problem is communication. And, and it's because all we're ever saying to each other is just errands and chores, errands and chores. I mean, I could share that with anybody. I don't need somebody special in life to share errands and chores with. And you know, we want to say more, and then months pass, and, and we're not saying that. Well, what these questions are going to do is not only share a way we can be praying for each other, but really kind of let each other inside and know what we're excited about, what we're hurt by, what we're fearful of, what we're trying to prepare for. And so probably uh, uh, versus all the other dates, I don't think I've said this yet, this is one I think you probably want to take notes on. You, you want to write down what your mate says, whether you're writing on pen and paper or you're putting it in your phone. You want to be able to take what your mate says, one, so you can remember and pray for it, but even maybe even more importantly, so that a couple of weeks you can come back and say, hey, I, I know a couple of weeks ago you shared about this and I've been praying about how, how did that work out or I know today is that big thing. But I'll tell you something, there's very little that will make somebody feel more loved than when somebody says to them, I heard you. I've been praying about it, and now I'm interested in it, right? And so that's what these questions, I, I think, provide for you an opportunity to do uh, in your marriage. And the truth of the matter is you can do them in a, in a variety of relationships, but we're talking about marriage here. So the first one, what do you want to praise or thank the Lord for? Uh, obviously, that's where I'm getting to share what, what I'm excited about, what I'm happy about, uh, what's worked out. And, uh, you know, the praise, I, you know, maybe I'm sharing with my mate something I saw in Scripture that just really excites me about God, want to praise Him for, maybe something I've seen in life about the Lord in the last week and I want to give Him praise for. Thanksgiving, we're, we're talking about different, you know, maybe how God's answered answer to prayer. Uh, you know, because you're married and you're doing a lot of the same things, sharing a lot of the same things, you, you might be sharing some same stuff here. Yesterday we were doing this. 
And uh, we both had the exact same thank you. We had something we were praying for uh, one of our children and and had been praying for a couple of weeks and the answer kind of came to that this week. And that was kind of the big thing on both of our hearts is that 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 answer came to that prayer. And so we were both kind of had the same thing there. But it's an opportunity to kind of share, hey, here's what's making me happy. Here's where I see the goodness of the Lord and what he's doing in life. The second one here, now that's, that's probably the one that we think of when we think of prayers, right? Our, our prayer request. You know, I'm saying, hey, here, here's the stress in my life. Here's the challenge. Here's the opportunity. I want God to help me with this. I want God to go before me in that or help this thing to work out. It's just kind of what you would normally think of when you say, hey, would you pray for me? It would be that one. Now, these next two Actually, two, three, and four here all could kind of interweave. But what we're trying to do is kind of approach how we would pray for each other in a little bit different way. I think a lot of times when we're praying, it just stays right here. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that can get kind of monotonous. And that's when, when we're just kind of help the meeting go well, and then I wake up tomorrow, help the meeting to go well, and then I wake up the next day, help the meeting to go. You know, you start it's kind of saying the same thing over and over. Is that making any difference? Well, this gives us a way to communicate some other things. And so this one, number three here, is not so much about, hey, help this meeting go well or help on that test tomorrow. It's, you know, I'd really like the Lord just to help me understand this passage I'm studying, or I'd like the Lord to help me to have more wisdom, or I'd like the Lord, I, I'm kind of looking at how I react to people, and I want to do better at that. And, and so it's a little bit more of the Lord leading and guiding and teaching us, not for a, a calendar event, but just in life in, in general. And then this fourth one, what are you studying uh, in your personal time? And I said personal, really just what are you studying? And I think what, if you use that question, you will end up praying for things about your mate you would have never prayed before. Like, like you know, Karen's involved when, in, on Wednesday night with some of the ladies' discipleship classes up here on Thursday morning. And so she might say, well, in this class we're studying this topic. Or I might say, well, I'm meeting with a group of guys and we're going through Acts, you know. Well, see, now that I know that information, I can say, hey, Lord, would you open up uh, that, that, that study for her and just help her to understand what you're really communicating there and how to apply it and how together they can do it. I mean, those would be things we would never pray for our mate unless we knew, oh, they're studying Matthew right now. Oh, they're studying the Ten Commandments right now. I mean, it just gives me another way, gives us another way to understand where each other are, what we're thinking about and, and praying over. And then the last one, how can I serve you this week, this month? I mean, I put that because it kind of depends on how often you do this. You know, we've focused on dating, and, and this one certainly can be a, a date, but I, I don't think we want to limit sharing this kind of information with each other to only when we go on a date, right? Uh, I, I mean, of all these, this is one we might want to really try to make once a week or, or maybe at least once a month. But in that, we say, hey, how can I serve you? Now, that may not sound like prayer information or, or a prayer request, but you know, when your mate stops and thinks about that, says, you know, you could help me with this or, or you could do that, they're, they're expressing a need in their life. It, it's another way that may not have been mentioned before. And as we talked about last week, hey, the, the goal of marriage is for me to grow in Christ-likeness, to grow in serving others. And he's given me at least one person I get to work on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
And so when I ask that question, well, now I can begin to, to pray over that need. Hey, God, you know this need is in her life. Would, would you meet that need? And uh, Lord, guide me, help me to meet that need and show me how I can do that. But it, it's just another way uh, that we share. So again, how long is it going to take to answer these questions for each other? I mean, you, you might go through a lot of these and have a one-sentence answer. Again, depending on what's going on in life, you might go through some of these and, and, and spend 15, 20 minutes on one of them but but then when you're all done you know you just hey God bless our conversation we just had about all this and help us pray for each other amen I mean it it can be that simple I'm not trying to say don't make it more I'm saying don't be afraid of even starting because I I don't like praying out loud I'm I'm not I'm not good at praying out loud share the information ask God bless our conversation amen and then take the information and, and actually pray over it. And uh, man, do you see how much we can be letting each other inside what's going on? When, when we're, I mean, it's about prayer. It's about being spiritual. Ah, but there's a lot of communication here. And you're really going to know the week in front of your mate, the month in front of your mate, what they're excited about, what they're bothered by, what they're hurt about, and how you can come alongside in, in prayer and, and support. You know, I think of all the dates, this may be the most important one. Very simply because this is the date that gives me wisdom, strength, patience, love for working out all the other dates, right? For, for working out all the other issues uh, that we might be dealing with in marriage. You know, folks, in, in, in closing, I, I, I would say this, and, and I think you've heard this message pretty clear from both of us this morning. Keep plugging away. Don't let how small what you do is or how seemingly, and I use this word carefully, meaningless what you're, what you're doing is. Do, do you know why you constantly have thoughts that you're not good at this, that it's not going to make any difference? Because Satan wants to make sure you have those thoughts. That, there's, that's the re- it's not because you're not good. It's not because it's insignificant. It's because Satan is whispering in, that ear, in your ear every time he has an opportunity for a very specific reason. Satan wants to, this week, create distance between you and God. And then the next step he wants to take is distance between you and your mate. And, and, and folks, literally... When he can create some distance between you and God and between you and your mate, then he can say, my work here is done. They'll screw up the rest just fine by themselves. And specifically, I'm doing this for the first time. <laughs> no, <laughs> we didn't but, rehearse this. Yeah, but specifically, what's happening right there is that when we're not talking to God, we're not finding ourselves in him, who is God, but we start naturally trying to find ourselves in our mate who's not God. He's just a man. I'm just a person. And what happens is we expect him to meet the needs only God can meet. And when they don't meet those needs, then distance. Then there's distance and we're mad and there's antagonistic feelings and anger and so forth. And it's not fair. He's just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. I can get my needs met in the Lord. And that's where my faith grows. As my faith grows between here and then our marriage and our intimacy grows. And then as our marriage, as this grows with God, then we, we have the right perspective on the Lord and each other. And that's mm. key to have intimacy and fellowship and joy in marriage. So when those thoughts come, 
say, wait a minute, there's an enemy behind that thought who's really seeking to do something in my life that, that I don't want. And so you say, dear Lord, you, 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 you just keep plugging away at that prayer. I, I'm going I'm to repeat myself. This would be the number one thing I look back on my family and think, boy, I could have done so much more and so much better. And yet, plugging away here and there, little things, oh, I'm not doing very good, oh, this isn't enough. And, and yet, I, I think it's one of the things I think we enjoy most now when our family gathers is what's happening when we pray and, and fellowship with each other in that way. It's amazing. So keep praying, keep trying. Karen? Okay, let's close in prayer. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much that when we call upon your name, you hear us and you're near to us. And Lord, you're so dear to us. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you that we can come before you as a church body to say we need you, we need your help, your wisdom, your strength to help us to um, be the Christ-like follower we need to be. We need you, Lord, in our marriages. God, we need you to um, be the love and the grace um, to each other. We need to have your wisdom and strength, to have that joy that is complete because of fellowship in you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you that we get to have that joy. We thank you that we are, we're not alone and we have you. Jesus, we have you because you loved us and you gave your life for us. And we love you because you first loved us. It's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.